Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's Resistance Recap, where we are talking all about the episode, The Vox Vortex 5000, (laughs) and it aired on December 1st. It was directed by Seward Lee, and it was written by Gavin Hignite with a story consultant, once again, of Stephen Melching. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, we are in December, and it is Rise of Skywalker time, (laughs) and uh, (laughs) it's coming. It's coming so fast. Uh, I cannot believe we actually made it here. I feel like I'm just going to say a lot of cliche things about how time has flown. Where are we? What's happening? Are you hydrated? Um, No. No. Actually, you're probably hydrated. Charlotte drinks so much water. I am definitely <laughs> not hydrated. I do not drink water. <laughs> well. Are we sleeping? No, we're not sleeping. No. See, this is why we're a good team. We balance. You stay hydrated. I get enough sleep. <laughs> so. True. Very it's very true. true. I don't think I've shouted this out before, but our friend Alex Leonis from Lipsticks and Lightsabers, she is an amazing artist. And last year, I think actually for Christmas, she got – you got one and I got one too. I think some other people may have too. But she sent us this uh, drawing of Niku with a giant water bottle as a sticker. Which everyone knows is my favorite thing ever. Yeah, it is. It is. And I finally got this like new big water bottle and I put it on my water bottle and like tiny Niku with his big water bottle actually does encourage me to drink more water. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm hydrated, (laughs) but he does encourage (laughs) me to drink more. So thank you, Alex. Um, I'm so glad I finally have a good place to put my Niku sticker with water, with giant water bottle. So he keeps me company at work every day and I love him very much. I feel like I haven't mentioned the giant water bottle in a long time. It actually came up in the last episode and I was really happy. Niku never goes anywhere without his giant water bottle. It crops up in places you'll never exactly you'll just you'll never expect it and there there it is. He's cheersing with his giant water bottle. (laughs) He's He's holding it. You just you never know where you're gonna see it. The real question is, is are we sure there's water in it? Ooh. Tough question. Tough question. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll just we'll we'll let Niku keep that secret about what it is or isn't. Um we if you listen to our Mandalorian episode or have listened to a lot of our any of our episodes this year, Charlotte and I have had this running metaphor about the running towards the precipice and falling into the galactic void of Star Wars for 2019. And uh we are now free falling into the void before Rise of Skywalker comes out. I think up until December, we were kind of road runnering where we were like running on air but didn't realize we were on air. Um, and now we have looked down and there is nothing beneath us and we are falling fast. <laughs> really fast. Re- so fast. Star Wars is coming at us real quick. <laughs> <laughs> so like lickety split, it is coming. 
Yeah. But uh, we are going to be talking about this week's episode and uh, Rise of Skywalker is fast approaching. We are still planning on covering both The Mandalorian and Resistance up until that time for the most part, uh, right before Tross comes out, it's it's a little bit dicey on what exactly will or will not get covered <laughs> on the podcast, but we will talk about it at some point, so don't worry about that. Um, but we are about – I'm off Twitter now for the most part. Charlotte is still hanging on with, with the last remaining troops on Twitter, so uh, it's, it's, all, it's all happening really fast. <laughs> it's me and like 10 people. And yeah. we all have a lot of muted words. We're just existing. <laughs> I don't, I don't seeing know what nothing. you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> love that episode of Mandalorian. Like, that's it. Like, you're just trading Baby Yoda pictures back and forth. <laughs> Basically, that's it. That's all I'm on Twitter for right now is the Baby Yoda meme. It's just know. everywhere. It's so I good. I know. I know. It, it stresses me out that you're still on Twitter and I'm more or less gone. Only but, a couple uh, more days, Caitlin, and then I'll be out. I I thought I thought that we had agreed that we were going to leave Twitter at the same time, and we were like December first. And I saw like a TV spot, and suddenly I was like, you know what? I think I, I think I need to step back, and I'm going to stick to that December first. And I texted you. I was like, this is it. I'm leaving. And you're like, great. I'll be there for another week. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Too I addictive. Thought, <laughs> I thought we were in this together. <laughs> no. Sorry, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Need no. to break it to you, but no. <laughs> You're on your own. <laughs> um, well, that's not at all comforting. But uh, <laughs> all right. So we are going to – you all know that Rise of Skywalker is coming. This is nothing new. We're just – Going to keep talking about it for till the end of time, basically. Uh, but we are going to discuss the latest episode of Resistance that came out this week. And if you're new to our Resistance recaps, we do a three part structure where part one, we talk about our highs and lows for the episode. In part two, we talk about the story. And then in part three, we talk about the characters. So without further ado, let's get started. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Okay, welcome to part one where we're going over our highs and lows for the episode. And this week I'm going to kick us off with my first high was Kaz. I really loved Kaz in this episode. I thought he was pretty mature throughout the whole thing, which I really enjoyed. I thought we, I thought like sometimes we skew more kind of, um, kooky Kaz with a dash of maturity and but then this episode was like more mature Kaz with a dash of kooky Kaz so I liked kind of the flip I liked seeing him uh, be very supportive of Niku I think in the past we've seen him kind of question Niku and then you know realize midway through the episode that Niku was right um, or you know call out Niku for being taking things too literally you know they have that kind of dynamic but this episode he immediately was like, Niku, no, Niku can do it. And he stood up for Niku in front of the other aces. And I, I really liked, I also really liked him getting to save the day in the end because I remember in our last hype episode, it was hype who ended up saving the day. And I remember not enjoying that. Like I, I didn't think it worked well for what that episode was trying to, to talk about as far as leadership. So I was really glad that Kaz got the, got the win in this one. Yeah, Kaz is my my high too. I totally agree that he had 
lots of streaks of maturity in this episode when he would say things and present ideas I actually believed him which <laughs> not to say that I haven't in the past because I definitely have but I feel like he exhibited some sense of maturity that I hadn't seen in him before which felt like a really good step in his character um, like involved evolving and um, really good step in, a, in the right direction for him and like my faith in him and not that I never I didn't ever not have faith in him because I love Kaz everyone knows who listens to the show knows that Caitlin and I really love that character but I did. I was proud of him. I thought that he was a good character in this episode. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. It's never about not trusting Kaz. It's about whether you think he has a good idea or not, <laughs> or if yeah. he is going to be able to execute it as well as he sees it in his head. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but this episode, it was it was completely opposite. Um, my second high was Joseph finally left the Colossus. We saw him outside of the bridge and really outside of the Colossus itself. I was honestly surprised Doza and Yeager came on this little side mission, but, um, I'm glad they did. And I, of course, really appreciated when Doza initially refused to barter the Colossus. I was like, that's right. (laughs) You can't sell the Colossus. Don't put that up. (laughs) (laughs) so i agree i think if we have like similar highs but i think it was really fun to see doza and yeager outside of the colossus cockpit and i felt like that was so necessary and so needed when they were in the scene and they came into the casino i was like oh my god they're finally outside of the colossus oh my god oh my god it's happening (laughs) that felt really good and it was really exciting it was yeah i'm really glad that they came out um so on to Lowe's. Oh, to be honest, listeners, this was not Charlotte and I's favorite episode. Um, this was this was a hard episode, honestly. Um, obviously, we both had a lot of good things to say about Kaz, and it was fun to see Doza and Yeager outside of the Colossus. But overall, this uh, was honestly a bit of a frustrating episode, I think, for where we're at in the season. I'm just, um, I feel like I'm kind of beating a dead horse by asking what we're doing or where we're going. Um, I just feel like we're kind of running in circles right now and I'm not really sure where we're headed. And I feel like I've been saying this for most of the episodes this season. And so it is kind of frustrating. You know, it's like Joseph says we need credits. Okay, for what? To buy supplies, to go somewhere, to do something specific. Are we even looking for the resistance anymore? Or are we looking for a safe planet to harbor? Um, I was kind of frustrated that we had another hype-focused episode. Um, It wasn't as hype-focused as our previous hype-focused episode, but he uh, definitely was the driving force for this episode. And I like hype, don't get me wrong, but I... I think, and I and I enjoyed his actual episode, but I think that we have other aces that it would have been great to see more of them, or to have had it focused on like Tora and Kaz, and I don't know Tam. <laughs> um, so overall, this was not an episode that I would say I enjoyed um, by and large, and I don't think it's one I'll be going back to maybe ever. <laughs> um, I just, I, I do feel like we're kind of running in circles and I keep asking the same questions and we aren't really, we're not going anywhere or I don't know where we're going. So this was a bit of a frustrating episode, unfortunately. And yeah, that's kind of that on that. 
Yeah, I agree. It was not my favorite. It could be my least favorite. And I'm not sure if that's because of the situation of I'm not really sure what we're doing or if it's just in general I didn't really like this episode. I have to say I was really excited to see another hut. It's kind of something I'd wanted. I want I wanted the resistance to kind of make this weird deal with the huts. I've been talking about this for a while. <laughs> and I feel like I was like, "Oh my god, we're bringing the huts back." And kind of just didn't it totally fell flat for me. Like I didn't like the gangster mob hut. I think that that makes sense, obviously, but like the New York accent, like it felt so and yes, it's a cartoon, but it did feel so cartoony and very earthy that I didn't really like it. And I I do I'm getting frustrated in my own voice saying that I'm frustrated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be frustrated anymore. I don't want to come on the show and say that I'm not I- excited about this episode because I I love being excited about resist. I love the show and I love being excited about Star Wars, but this this episode just didn't do it for me and I guess that happens, but it's been happening kind of for the past three or four episodes and I mean not exactly but like it was it's been happening kind of in this season and it's really disappointing yeah the majority of this season has been that kind of vibe I think where we've been we've been asking this question of where are we going and if and we we discussed too about the possibility of like rebels you know at the end of rebels they didn't actually fully join the rebellion and that maybe something similar could happen with resistance but they haven't like they haven't even talked about that possibility i don't know there's just um i like the standout episodes for this season have been really great like the premiere episode was fantastic last week's episode was so so good and they have been amazing but i feel like the majority of this season has been weaker overall than season one and i hate saying that because i really do love this show charlotte and i both do and like i think it has such amazing characters that are like really fun and they have like there is so much complexity in this series and with these characters but i don't think that that's been explored really at all this season and um like Charlotte said, I'm kind of tired of of keep of asking these questions and having no uh, progression with them whatsoever on things that I think you and I thought were going to be like a given in this season. Yeah, and it's not even that our theories were disproven because that's you know that's fine. That's what happens. That's why you speculate. But I just like nothing. There hasn't been something to take its place. <laughs> Right. And I think that it, it was never like that for me. I, it wasn't about my theories or anything. It was, I just don't think it's being executed properly, honestly. Like I'm, I'm, every episode ends and I'm like, I'm unclear why that story was explored. I'm unclear why we're here and what is the theme of said episode. And this episode was just that where I'm like, what was the theme? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Still. And I'm getting, it's just an interesting experiment and I hate to do this, but, you know, right now our weekends are bookended with The Mandalorian and Resistance. And The Mandalorian to me has very clear themes, very clear story, very clear understanding of what's happening in the episode and where we're going. And they're they're only four episodes in. And yes, maybe they're starting strong in the same way that Resistance did, because Resistance did start really strong. But when you start off really strong in strong... (laughs) 
I keep saying the word strong, strong Star Wars storytelling. And then you go to Resistance and you get an episode like this where I feel like it's just, it, I did not feel like it was um, strong storytelling, honestly, at all. It felt like a comic. Yeah, yeah, it, it did. It really did. I think that's a good way to describe it, honestly. And it's strange mm-hmm. because Resistance had such a strong first season. Like there really weren't a lot of episodes in season one that I felt the same way that I do about like this episode, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the beginning of season two was really strong as well. I, I, it's it's honestly really surprising that we're kind of getting more episodes like this, like this one, the Vox, the Vox Vortex 5000. Um, even the name kind of sounds like a, like a comic, but um, we're going to try not to like for episodes that we, we, you guys know that we like to try and stay as positive as possible on this show, because at the end of the day, we love Star Wars and that's our focus is loving Star Wars. So we're probably not going to talk a ton about this episode because we don't want to dwell on the negative. And at the end of the day, we love Star Wars and we do still love Resistance. Um, so this might not be the longest episode <laughs> just because, <laughs> um, again, number one, from a practical standpoint, there wasn't a whole lot going on, but also also, we don't we don't want to spend like 40 minutes talking about how we didn't like it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So how about we just dive straight into part two and discuss the story? Question mark. <laughs> let's let's do it. <laughs> Listen, big deal. You got another problem. Women always figure out the truth. Always. So welcome to part two where we discuss the story. So we always lead with the same question and like, let's just group them all together, Caitlin. What's the state of the resistance, Colossus, and First Order in this Literally episode? no idea. <laughs> in the notes, I wrote resistance, question mark. I never knew her. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. So uh, we know nothing about the resistance. <laughs> I also put in the notes for the First Order. I guess they're out there still doing horrible things. <laughs> But <laughs> that's all we know. And for a brief second, the Colossus was up for sale, which is kind of a big question mark because there are a lot of people on the Colossus. And once again, Kaz and Doza and Yeager and Tora are all just kind of bartering and like changing people's lives in a big way <laughs> without a conversation, which is a big <laughs> question mark. Um, but yeah, we don't really know anything else that's going on. I guess the Colossus still needs credits. I don't know for what. This is this was what, episode eight, seven? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, right around there. And so I don't yeah. Again, we're still we're doing the same thing. We're looking for supplies uh for something i know to go i don't mm-hmm. i don't know just to survive i suppose <laughs> i'm actually sitting here like and what did it wouldn't it have been crazy if uh, this hut actually frankie the hut or whatever his name full name was um did actually assume control of the colossus and it would be like kind of a hostile takeover over get winning back the colossus mm. like i kind of want to see that episode i wouldn't have mind to see that yeah that would have been interesting it definitely would have been a plot twist to have him win in the end right like i am kind of missing the times of defending the colossus as a station that meant something to them if i don't know if that even really makes sense but without the aces or like the threat of pirates or um 
even the real like high stakes threat of the first order at this point, I feel like uh, them just kind of Torah being like, no, we have to, you know, offer up the Colossus uh, surprised me given the fact that they're supposed to feel something towards the Colossus. I guess I'm just trying to link it to the way that the rebels felt about Lothal. And I, I want that connection, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. Uh, we just didn't get that. <laughs> no, we didn't get it at all. But I still think that it's it's. I don't know. I so we're 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 working towards getting more supplies and credits. Yes, I really liked in this episode how there was this connection between abandoned casino and then in the Last Jedi with Canto Bite, which is definitely not abandoned but thriving, even though uh, it was like totally stomped through by Finn and Rose. Um, I like that Frankie mentioned that the that Canto Bite, like everyone left for Canto Bite, which leads me down a lot of thoughts about um, what really was so special about Canto Bite. Um, was this casino ever really like? I, I guess uh, hype does mention that it was like filled with so many people you could barely get in and everything. And I, I don't know. I think that that's that would have been an interesting exploration. And I think that it was hinted at about. Maybe you got something more from it than I did about how people decided to leave this for Canto Bite. Yeah, I thought I don't it really was, know why. <laughs> I thought it was a neat <laughs> detail uh, for him to throw in because I think that I think the casino was a really great addition to uh, the Last Jedi because it's not the type of loca- location we've really seen in Star Wars before. So it was nice to have something new that wasn't a cantina because I think we're all like, please God, not another cantina. And totally. So I, I, I appreciated that in the last Jedi, how it was a complete 180 with the casino and, and not just like this kind of Las Vegas rubby casino, but a really ritzy luxe casino. I liked the detail that they added in here in resistance because it, it just got me thinking about again, that conversation, conversation of who profits from war, but then also uh, kind of the presence of the First Order and perhaps the First Order had been in this sector. And that's why all of the people left. All I think Frankie says specifically all the rich people left to Canto Bite because the guy who's in the casino now definitely doesn't look rich. I um, felt so bad for him. I just wanted him to win. And I guess he won at the end. Yeah, I think he did. It looked like it at least. Yeah. I will say I liked the closing shot of, of Niku going out and then you just kind of stay a split second more looking at the casino and then the guy wins. <laughs> He's like, yay. Yeah. <laughs> um, me too. Me too. It was cute. I thought that the beginning scene, the cold open for this episode was interesting. I When I realized that we were – it was like hype complaining some more just about like how bored he was, I was kind of frustrated because I was like, well – you know, sorry you're bored, but <laughs> like the Colossus is out here, you know, just trying to survive. And I appreciated how I, I, I liked how in that conversation, Joza was like, okay, well, if we go and race, like, I guess that solves your boredom, but that's low priority. What does that do for me? <laughs> um, and kind of calling out hype that, you know, he's, he's really selfish in his thinking. And I don't know, it just, I, I liked that Joe's – I'm glad that Doza mentioned, you know, okay, well, what does this do for me? Because I don't really have time to care if you're entertained <laughs> or not. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, I think it's like the, the aces on the Colossus has always been something that hasn't confused me, but I don't think we ever got a full 
um, discussion about if they're being paid to be protectors of the Colossus, if they originally came as racers and then became protectors, or if it was the other way around. Because at this point, I'm kind of like, okay, well, what's keeping them there? Because the aces clearly have enough skills that they could go somewhere else. So what exactly is it that's keeping them on the Colossus? They also all have ships that could leave. I don't know if that's necessarily true for other people on the Colossus, but they all do. Um, So I'm not – I enjoyed that there's a kind of called out hype, but it – it felt very childish that hype was like, I'm bored and want to go on a race. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of liked, though, that it was pivoted to, but this is how, like, we're bored. Like, we could actually help the Colossus if you let us and hmm. trust me because I have this great idea. And in the beginning, I was like, actually, makes sense. Like, this is a good, like, utilitarian use for these amazing pilots who were kind of all sitting around and how can they help the Colossus do what needs to be done, right? We hear about this all the time about like what they need. Was Hype really keeping <laughs> that though? That's that's what I... No, he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't. <laughs> but I think that I, I would have enjoyed like the Aces perhaps also thinking that mm-hmm. or maybe wanting to explore other racing options rather than this sketchy casino that was Hype's idea. <laughs> You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I like how you put it because I wasn't really thinking about it like that. But I just don't think that hype was thinking, how can I help the Colossus today? (laughs) It's funny. I was thinking about how when so the first time when we see hype racing um, on in the casino and it's turned out that the pilot that he's racing against is a is a droid it's like a robot robot pilot Mm -hmm. i thought that was a really interesting choice because in the beginning of that i was like you know it'd be really cool if like i bet in this point in the timeline my this is my head going i bet this point in the timeline like droid racers has have been um explored and it's interesting that like that had never been brought up before in terms of droids driving a pod racer or anything like that and I had never really considered that because you always think about, you know, our two units always helping um, like in Jedi Starfighters pilot everything or in X-Wings or anything like that. And I just had never seen like a droid at this point in the timeline with understanding like droid sentience and everything that L3 did and all of those conversations in terms of Star Wars writing and everything, especially because we know that this season, I suppose, I mean, I think it was kind of discussed that it was kind of developed alongside of solo so i was like oh that would be interesting if that was explored and i liked that it was brought up here but i would have enjoyed a little bit more conversation about like why those were created i guess or like i don't know if i would have enjoyed more of that or like if there was just a little bit of maybe a line that talked about the sentience of that droid and whether or not they were aware that they were racing or if they were all under control by the hut were did I miss something? Did that happen, or am I wrong? It did not. <laughs> I, okay. I thought the droid was. I I really liked the surprise of the droid racer because I I yeah. thought it was. I really liked the them racing through the asteroid field. I thought that was animated really well, and the way that the um, like the back of their ships looked, like with the lights behind. Them. It was beautiful. Yeah, it looked it looked really great. And there's this shot too of the Colossus when it arrives there with the purple asteroid field in the front of it. 
chef's kiss looked really great um <laughs> and i thought the droid was like a great plot twist and i think you're right it would have been more interesting it would have been interesting to hear maybe a little like a character say something like that was outlawed you know, with the New Republic or, or something like that. Um, because I thought the design of the droid racer was really – it was really good. It was really, um, like, creepy, like the way it was like a spider on top of the ships. It was really kind of alarming how it functioned. It kind of bothered me that in the race that Frankie kept saying, you know, weapons aren't allowed, this isn't allowed, but then he's so blatantly breaking his own rules and that it wasn't until the very end that the aces decided to break the rules too. Um, I don't I don't know why like that frustrated me so much. I just wanted to shake the screen and be like, this feels like an easy out to like create conflict for them. I, I, I almost felt like the droid fighter could have been enough on its own to present conflict for the ace pilots like it just keeps winning and outsmarting them rather than frankie also using weapons which he himself said no weapons allowed i just that that frustrated me too it was like i i felt that the droid pilot was such a cool addition that it could have it could have held up the conflict on its own i think yeah that's an interesting point i do have to say i really liked the introduction of bringing back this whole video game simulation thing. I actually, I am surprisingly liked that given the fact that we had seen it before already. We saw Kaz and Tora playing like a, a pilot simulation in her room in season one. And it, it seems like it's, it has come up a couple of times that I liked that Niku would be like the brains behind figuring that out and wanting to help in this way and understanding that really it's like the same system. Yeah, and that was such a good episode, too, in season one, because it, it also had that kind of parallel of the video game and then what they did in real life, because that was yeah. that was such a good episode, because that was when they were evading the the, the laser and the trash compactor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It was so great. Um, and so, it, yeah, I, I like that Niku was the one to figure out that, like, Frankie actually has the ca- the the casino game and his droid fighter programmed in a similar way and that he was able to figure it out. I also like how Freya was like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's just a hollow game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I loved Freya in this episode. She was like, you bet everything on this idea that Nico thinks it's similar <laughs> she was i think that griff is still my favorite uh ace pilot i just i think there's something so funny like comical about him <laughs> <laughs> i agree i enjoyed him a lot okay well is there anything else about the story that we need to talk about no okay let's move on to part three characters <laughs> Okay, welcome to part three where we're talking about characters and we kind of – the first one uh, I had to discuss was Kaz and I feel like we kind of discussed him in part one. But like I said, it was really nice to see him get the win in the end because uh, the last hype episode, you know, was so focused on this topic of leadership and, and teamwork and hype and Kaz and like Kaz had the upper hand in that episode of knowing what to do and how to work in more of a military setting from his time in the Navy and hype was, you know, kind of ignoring Kaz throughout that whole episode. And then at the end of it, hype was actually the one to take the I think that's when they were hunting that creature or evading that big creature that they eventually killed um 
But Hype, I remember, was the one who ended up getting the win. And I remember not really liking that because I thought that Hype should have, like, the lesson for Hype in that episode should have been to defer to Kaz because Kaz was the one with the experience. And um, I kind of wish that that had been a little different at the end of it. Whereas in this episode, I liked how, you know, it was Hype's idea to go to this casino, but he was duped just like everyone else. But then at the end, it was Kaz even out racing Tora who was able to save the day. And um, his maturity was just like really great in this episode too, the way that he was so certain that they were going to win and to have faith in Niku. I just thought it all worked really well for him. Uh, but then we also mm-hmm. got like that little splash of kooky Kaz, like in the beginning when they get the snacks <laughs> and him and Tora are just like shoving their mouths full of snacks. They're like, I don't know what it is, but it's tasty. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. It was really I was good. like, I, I wanted there to be a reveal about what it was. But I know. <laughs> I, I get that they're hungry. So that's funny and kind of sad that they're so starved. Yeah, but Tora was eating in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> True. She, like, when, when they made that like gross cake last episode. Yeah, too. they. I think they're like, that's the thing. They need supplies, but they're <laughs> eating all the time. <laughs> <laughs> the Aces she, Lounge man. Yeah. She had she had like a plate too. It was like a meal. She had a fork and knife. Yeah. It wasn't like a like a like a corn on the cob kind of situation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought to go to your point about how Kaz had a lot of faith in Niku, which was nice to see. It reminds me of the episode a couple uh like a while ago, maybe like three or four episodes ago, where Niku's kind of um faith in his friendship with Kaz was a little doubted. And in the end, he talks about how, mm-hmm. you know, Kaz is his best friend. And um, I think Kaz returns that that sentiment, if I'm, if I'm right about that. Um, and I liked that, you know, Kaz has faith in Niku. And it was shown in this and that you, maybe that was part of uh, development from that, that one episode where they really kind of got to know each other and Kaz was able to ask about Niku's like background and all those things that were brought up in that one episode. Yeah, that's true. That's a good connection. Um, yeah, it was just it was really nice to see uh, Kaz just immediately back up Niku like that. And he was kind of the next character who had a lot to do in this episode. I I like that Niku is often kind of the secret weapon and people tend to doubt him a lot, but he has this knack for finding solutions in unexpected places. And I don't know, I I liked seeing him, like the way that you were talking about how Freya was like a video game, you know, question mark. But he was like, no, this is like, clearly there's a link here and I think I can manipulate it to our advantage. Yeah, yeah. And I... I, as an audience member, believed in Niku because he's done that so many times before. And I mean that in a positive way because he's helped the the Colossus, the Resistance, and all these different ways of like finding a backdoor almost. And mm-hmm. this felt like another backdoor. Yeah, it's interesting because Niku is often put in charge of engineering problems on the Colossus. But then in situations like this, people sometimes have a tendency to doubt him. But Doza had faith in, in Niku too, which was good to see. Um, I thought it was funny when they finally did kind of bet everything, including the Colossus. Yeager just walks up and he goes, have we all lost our minds? (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was funny. Um, I like I like practical Yeager. He's always, you know, questioning what crazy concoction everyone else is coming up with what crazy plan. I want more Yeager. I I love that character. He's so great. I know. And 
I'm with you in that. Have we all lost our mind? Like, what is this? What is happening? Beth the Colossus? (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you, Yeager. Don't bet the Colossus. Same. And so the last character we wanted to talk about was Doza, which again, we kind of covered everything that happened with him earlier in part one, but he finally left the Colossus, thank the maker. It was a bit of a bummer that he still managed to say, quote, it's too dangerous in this episode, (laughs) which he said in every episode. (laughs) I actually didn't catch it. That's really funny. I think it's when Tora was like, I'll go next. After 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 Doza has already put up the rest of the aces for collateral, <laughs> and Dora, an ace, says, I'll go next. And Doza says, it's too dangerous. <laughs> I think the classic. whole- Classic. Sto- classic Doza line. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready for it to be a retired Doza line. <laughs> it was another situation of me saying it with him as he said it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel it coming. I feel it coming. Let's. Why don't we kind of spin this though as to something that we should just laugh at in a good way, rather than being annoyed at it. I don't because know because now it's just become a doza ism. It's an ism. Ism. It's a cliched line. It's not. It's not like a. This is the way. Or I have spoken. It's just. A, it's too dangerous. It's just the same it's as not this the, is the thing. Way. It's it. It's the new may the force be with you. <laughs> it's too dangerous. It's it's this year's. I've got a bad feeling bad about, feeling about it. Yes. No. <laughs> Softly. No. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I just I think the the whole setup. I think there were uh, some pieces left out of this whole thing about did he like consult with the aces before betting them <laughs> to Frankie? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> okay. I think because the Doza. I- it's a weird situation. I think Doza's the head of the aces. They're all his aces, like the Colossus's aces and the a. a- Doza's ace, whatever. Like again, why are the aces on the Colossus? What is their like? W- do they have a contract? That's what I, I just, I don't know. And maybe that's too um, adult of a question. I just need to kind of suspend disbelief about why they continue to be on the Colossus. I mean, I'm the one who's asking. You know, who has the title deed for the Colossus exactly? <laughs> so maybe it is a bit not a justifiable answer for this or question for this series but i do think it's funny you know hype hype bet himself and he could do that but at no point did we get all the other aces saying yeah we'll do it or or we can win this don't even worry about it (laughs) it was just (laughs) doza and frankie talking and then the next thing you know freya's out there racing And then again, we're we're betting the Colossus too with all those hundreds of people on board. <laughs> just how it goes. That's just how it is. I think we just have to accept it. It's too dangerous. <laughs> we're betting all these people's homes. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> you know, something I really liked about this episode, I liked the giant Kowakian monkey lizards being the bouncers. <laughs> it felt so, it was just funny because we have seen the giant lizard the giant quacky and monkey lizards before in an episode in season one with poe which reminds me i miss poe 
Miss Poe on the show. And anyway, I was like a little like moment that I just had, but I I thought that they were funny because there were several things that maybe I didn't think was executed super well. Like, I'm not sure I loved the fact that Frankie and his name being Frankie was like this New York slash New Jersey mobster kind of guy. But I, I did like the, the bodyguards because like that works, that works for me. Like it's like a Gameranian guard, um, but like a different version of that. And it was funny the way they moved. (laughs) Yeah, they were funny. Another small detail that annoyed me about this episode, which is which is kind of funny, is at the end when they have this uh, like palette of gold credits, they drop them on the floor. Oh my god, I noticed that too. I'm like, you almost were sold into slavery. Basically, pick up the credits. It was just I I I I liked the empty casino. I thought it was funny seeing Frankie kind of yelling at all his workers to get to work and they're all just doing whatever. <laughs> and um I yeah, I I thought the design was kind of fun of the casino too. Um but yeah, I uh I don't really know what else to say about this episode. <laughs> Same, looking forward to the next one. Yeah, very much looking forward to next week. Um so I think that is going to wrap up this week's recap of Resistance. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it, I think, question mark. <laughs> I'm not really sure what the vibe should be for this for the, this Sky Talkers episode. But I hope you come back next week uh, because we will be watching Resistance next week. Because, again, just bears repeating, uh, we do love this show and uh, we are very much going to miss it next year when it does end, uh, even with some of these not so great episodes overall the show is still really really great and we have a lot of great things to say about it and it holds a special place in our star wars heart so i hope that that was okay uh this episode kind of riffing a little bit on it so far uh but if you want to follow us online charlotte is still on twitter at clarity and I will be there after the rise of Skywalker at Caitlin Plusher. We also have the podcast Twitter at Skytalkers Pod, as well as our website, Instagram, and Facebook. Just Google search Skytalkers and you'll find us wherever you want to follow us on your social media platform of choice. And if you haven't reviewed us on iTunes, we would really appreciate it if you did. It makes us happy and it helps other people find our show. And if you are looking for more ways to support us, you can also head on over to our Patreon and check out some of our reward tiers if you're interested in that. Yes, and I want to say a huge thank you to our amazing patrons, Joey, Jason, Fiorella, Marty, Spencer, Kathy, Gee, Jenna, Jessica, Mike, Thomas, Bridget, Shelbo, James, Kate, Nathan, Sam, Bailey, Eric, Kelly, Neil, Mary, Larry, James, Sarah, Susanna, Z, Cherie, Diana, Becca, Lynn, Katie, Courtney, Amy, Kelly, Jim, Suara, Bradley, Matt, Eaton, Garrett, Debo, Irina, Edith, Jacqueline, Rachel, Lady Vader, John, Kevin, Ian, Roz, Lakshana, Candice, Ewan, Tom, Daniel, Heather, Brooklyn, Kimma, Jalea, Matthew, Captain Britton, Jackson, Carrie, Jackson, Raphael, 
David, Ada, Liz, Christian, Nicole, Jonathan, Rachel, Aaron, Brooke, Rebecca, Kathy, Ivor Bell, Kimberly, Vundacast Productions, Christian, Adam, Megan, Courtney, Centara, Thomas, John, Megan, Kate, Matthew, Fernanda, Chell, Manny, David, Claudia, Kate, Lady Valkyrie, Jenny, Blessed Cheesemaker, Danny, Lumper, Rue, Patrick, James, Hammy, Neil, The Dorky Diva Show, Megan, Stewart, Kyle, Jennifer, Kels, Chastity, Aliyah, Travis, Katie, Alyssa, Rebecca, Delaney, Angela, Allie, Natalia, Daz, Serene, Shireen, Molly, Isabel, Camille, Amy, Jared, Claire, Brad, Caitlin, Rebecca, Helly, Scott, BJ, Casey, Lauren, Tom, Kirsty, The Clashing Sabres Podcast, and Chuck. Thank you so much for supporting us. Your support means the world. Yes. Thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Sky Talkers is a member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. Explore more great content and get to know our sister shows at WeAreEscapePods.com and on Twitter at WeAreEscapePods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.